Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And this is the second and final week in our Armor of God series. We're joined today by our new friend, Kelly Needham. Kelly is from Texas. She teaches the Bible at her home church, which we love. Thank you, Kelly, for teaching the Bible at your home church. She co-leads a women's teaching program. She's the author of a book called Friendish. I love any word with an ish sure. on the end. Yeah. Friendish, Reclaiming Real Friendship in a Culture of Confusion. Kelly really dove into this conversation with us, and we were so grateful. We are going to continue to kind of wrestle with the imagery that Paul gives us in this passage from Ephesians on the armor of God and and just try to learn what this means for our right now lives as followers of Jesus. We are so encouraged by Kelly. I know that you will be too, so we're just going to get right to it. Kelly, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here and talk the word with y'all. Yes. I love that we, we got on before we hit record. You were like geeked about like that this wasn't interview style because like, most <laughs> podcasts are interview style. And we were like, well, it's more just like conversation, like modeling conversation around uh-huh. God's word. And you were like, I prefer this. It's better than uh-huh. which like not everybody prefers. So you're our people. That's right. Yes. <laughs> not not about us. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Like, truly, thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord, yes. <laughs> There's so much freedom in that. We knew you were our people because a lot of things. We, you know, have connections and mutual friends and that kind of thing. But also because in your actual bio are the words, accurately handle the word of truth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're going to love right. her. We're going to get along just <laughs> fine. Not because that's something that like we take pride in ourselves for accurately. It's because, oh, that's such a cry of our heart. You know, we, we do yeah. a lot of handling scripture it, she reads truth, and it's a weighty thing. Yeah. And so, mm. yeah, thank you for being someone who's passionate about yeah. doing that and helping others, like inviting others in. And yeah, good work if you can get it, mm-hmm. our friend Russ. Yes, it is. It's the best work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and while it's like joyful, it's also weighty. Like that's the thing. Very weighty. We take it very seriously. Yep. Right, speaking of taking things seriously. We are in week two of this reading plan and casually about spiritual warfare. About spiritual warfare. All right. Here's the thing. If y'all listened to episode one last week with Heather Thompson Day, first of all, wasn't that a cool episode? I mean, what a gal. We Mm -hmm. love her. But you'll know that we are looking specifically at chapter six from Ephesians verses 10 through 20. So 11 verses. The section is commonly called the armor of God or put on the armor of God or something to that effect. And we're taking and our series is called and, the armor of God. And we're taking two weeks to read it in full every day, but then also to kind of pick out a little portion of it at a time and mm-hmm. then just ask the question, what else does scripture have to say about this? And so that's where we pick up in day eight, the sandals of the gospel of peace. Mm. I vote that we read the whole passage. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think yeah, we let's need read the to, whole thing. Let's read the whole thing before we dig in. Kelly, Kelly, are you game? Yeah, I'm game to read. So we're in Ephesians chapter six, and it's verses ten through twenty. And you guys will remember Paul wrote this letter, and this is at the end of his letter to the Ephesians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reading all ten through twenty, right? You got it. And y'all all will right. y'all will hear our verse for today in verse fifteen about sandals. 
Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Amen. Thank you for reading that for us. We love to hear our friends read scripture. Mm -hmm. The sandals of the gospel of peace. Yeah. It's a loaded phrase, right? I even want to back up. Like I know that I was like, Some may say champing at the bit. You know, depends on who you ask. Um, To get to, you know, verse 15. But Kelly, as you read, I just thought, oh, let's actually think about the fact that this is about spiritual warfare, Mm -hmm. that this is not a battle against flesh and blood. Like when you sat down to prepare for our conversation, Kelly, like what are your thoughts on like what's your experience background um, with spiritual warfare. Is that something that like you talked about growing up or didn't talk about? Oh, I, I definitely did not talk about it growing <laughs> up. You know, in my Baptist church, it just, I don't know, we just didn't, <laughs> we didn't go there. But then as you read the word, it's unavoidable reality to go, there is a war for the souls of mankind. And just because I'm now in Christ doesn't mean the battle has stopped, obviously. And I think what's even so interesting to me about this particular passage is when I think about putting on armor for a battle, and maybe it's just because we're coming out of 2020 and 2021, but we tend to think of battle with each other or with like earthly forces around us, the culture and the things we can see and the people we can see that threaten the gospel here. But Paul's obviously not talking about forces that we can see. The armor he has for us to put on is a protection against a force that we cannot see. And that to me is a whole different way to think about this passage, just to go, I'm armoring myself against a force that I can't see with my eyes or probably hear with my ears. Um, But it is a real spiritual battle. And the more that I try to fight for obedience in my life, the more dedicated I get to Jesus. I want to be your servant and I want to do what you tell me to do man, the harder it is. So there is a battle. I do feel it. I love what you said about it not being this battle against people, because even today we're talking about warfare and peace in this same passage. And to go like, well, how does that even agree? Like, But it's what you said, Kelly, like our peace is with the people. It's the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. It's with like right relationship with man and with God, whereas the battle is against the forces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting to think about in context of this spiritual battle to put on sandals of the gospel of peace, because we think of the gospel as the gospel is good news for all of us, for those who are in Christ and those Mm -hmm. who are not. But we tend to only think of the gospel as being needed for the unbeliever. But here I'm told I'm in a spiritual battle against 
evil spiritual forces in the heavenlies. And part of my preparation to fight that battle is to put on the sandals of the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me, I'm not even saying I have a great answer to this, but it makes me ask the question, how do the sandals of the gospel peace help me to push back against the spiritual forces of darkness? Yeah, yeah. Me? I think that's a great question. And I think that that is... It's kind of one of those phrases where we got the sandals of the gospel of peace. So the sandals <laughs> are of the gospel and the gospel is of peace. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting to think like, okay, what is it about these sandals? <laughs> what mm-hmm. is it about these sandals that makes us war ready yeah. and battle ready? And why was it not a helmet of yeah. the gospel of peace. Like, yeah. why was it the peace? Oh, yeah. You know, like, why is it different? And so we get Isaiah 52, 7 in this day, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. I think this is what I love about this day, because like, as we're reading about the armor of God, the tendency, my tendency mm-hmm. is to sort of put the armor kind of into two categories. Like, well, this is defensive armor and this is offensive armor. Like we have like our breastplate and our helmet and our shield. So we're like on the defense. Then we have our sword, you know, because we're ready. But the sandals, the feet, like you just said when you read from Isaiah 52, like those verbs are like proclaiming, bringing, like there's this Mm -hmm. going forward where, like I was reading a little bit this morning, like the sandals that you know, Paul was probably referring to like a Roman soldier's mm-hmm. sandals. They are to protect the feet, but mm-hmm. they're also something that's kind of in motion. It's the one piece of the armor that's a. it feels to me a little offensive and defensive at the same time where there's this guarding and protecting of peace, but there's also like this carrying like a going, of, a guarding a, and a going, a guarding and a going of peace. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen to this, Rachel. The summary statement that we put in the book says that Roman sandals were made from leather sole and straps, could be worn for marching or fighting. They were embedded with materials for enhanced traction. hey So Love they that. may have worn studded boots instead of sandals, but whatever the durable shoes that they have on, it you know indicates like a readiness to go forth. Yeah. So you're right. Like yeah. it's not, you don't think of, well, I'm now ready for retreat. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, think yeah. of like I'm ready to stand, yeah. which Paul says a mm-hmm. few times in this passage, mm-hmm. and to go forth. I first learned this Armor of God passage in the KJV as a little kid. And so of course you did. It was, and I actually <laughs> looked it back up because I was like, did I remember that right? The words are, and feet shod with yep. the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're not in your head, Kelly, because did you learn it that way too? Yes. <laughs> shod. Let's bring yep. Shod back. <laughs> shod. It's in it's in my NASB, so it's not just KJV. It got nice. carried over to NASB. Yep. When I think of the word shod, I think about putting on horseshoes, like you shod the horse's foot. Um, mm-hmm. So here we are, like we're shodding our feet. <laughs> well, and you know, I think that makes sense when I think about what really does keep you moving mm-hmm. in your walk with Christ, in obedience. If if we're talking about spiritual forces that are against us, when I think about that, I think Satan's out to accuse us and lie to us. And as we stumble in sin to go, how can you keep being obedient to God with all that failure? But the gospel reminds me that I have peace with God, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. So that can't be taken away. I am right with God because of the gospel, even amidst my failures. So that gospel really does protect 
my feet, my going, my ability to keep walking and not just right. sit in my failure and go, well, I'm disqualified. It's like, well, so it was up to me. I'd be disqualified day one, but it's not up to me. It's because yeah. of the gospel. I now have peace with God. Our peace in the gospel is what keeps us walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and right. that peace in the gospel comes from believing the gospel, believing like as we learn who God is and what is true about him, because the things that are true about God are true about him all the time in equal measure all the time. Right, right, right. <laughs> and to believe that gives peace, right? Mm-hmm. And so like not only do we have a gospel of peace, of reconciliation, yeah. this message of reconciliation that Paul says that is ours to carry in a different book, we also get peace from believing this gospel. Yeah. Like that brings peace. But we're like distributors of peace. Like that's mm-hmm. cool. Like mm-hmm. the going and that like we go because we have peace. Peace but pushers. Also, but yeah, I mean, listen, I never knew that the, in the armor of God, that I might get the most like excited about the sandals, <laughs> the feet shod. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so with much. The, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Kelly, you're getting me excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> listen to this from Isaiah 9. We read Isaiah 9 multiple times a year. At least in Advent. At least in Advent. At least. Yes. So but good. thinking about this tiny verse in Ephesians, your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. Listen to this from Isaiah 9. I'm going to start in verse 4. For you, and this is, we're talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is one of the prophecies, of course, of what Jesus is going to bring um, when the kingdom comes to earth. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. And those images, like how poignant Mm -hmm. is this having too recently seen the destruction of war Mm -hmm. and to know that the gospel of Mm -hmm. Jesus is a making all things new and a writing of everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. And y'all, for you listening, you know, pull back the curtain, you know that we don't record these on the day you listen to them. Like we're yeah. recording this at the end of February and you can think back to the beginning of February and the war that was, mm. I mean, I feel like how many times have we just bowed our heads today to the counselor, the comforter? Mm-hmm. So reading about peace, I mean, you know, in, in a weird technology way or living in the future of this episode mm-hmm. so right. you know more but that's that's what when we're hearing this scripture and the holy spirit are meeting mm-hmm. us and thinking about the gospel of peace and what that actually means for everyone yeah mm-hmm. i love that passage in isaiah that you just read amanda because it's talking about things we can see battles yeah. around us on the earth and then the answer that's given is the gospel is this mm-hmm. child born to live for us, to die for mm. us, to make us right with God? The answer to earthly wars is reconciliation with God through Christ. And that's what we get to bring mm-hmm. in with our feet shod with the yes. gospel. And I do feel like that's 
such a good word for me as I'm tempted to want to bring a lot of other things right now that feel right. more helpful than the gospel, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. There's yes. practical things happening right now that like, how do you speak into them and, and whatever political or um, worldwide, like there's things happening. And yet the answer in Isaiah was a child will be born. And then this spiritual battle that's behind the earthly battles, what we're given to be uh, fitted with in our feet as we go forth to bring something to people so we get to bring that news that I've been reconciled with God, so I can come. And you have the opportunity as well to be reconciled with God. The gospel mm-hmm. of peace is here for you too. And whether those the people see it as the answer to the need right now, we know that it is yeah. as we read that truth from Isaiah. Yeah, and it's that. It's that that you just said. Any practical service that we can offer is founded on that that you just said. It doesn't... It doesn't mean that we don't engage. It means that the gospel informs our engagement. It should be at the core and the center of anything that we do. There's another passage from Isaiah in this reading day. It's from Isaiah 26. And there's just one line in this. Mm. It's in verse 8. Our desire is for your name and renown. Mm. And that, you know, our desire is for God's name and his renown, the name and renown of the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. Our desire is for him mm-hmm. and for his name to go forward because we know who he is and we know that he is a God of peace and a God of love and a God of mercy. And yeah. so that's who we are going to battle both with mm-hmm. and also for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the Old Testament tells us that Jesus is coming, and then the New Testament in the book of John, we get Jesus in chapter 16, verse 35, saying, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I'm here, mm-hmm. and yeah. I've brought peace. The Prince of Peace that Isaiah said was coming, I'm here. Yeah. You will mm-hmm. have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. That passage you read last week yeah. from Revelation yeah. of the dragon being thrown down. Yeah. Like that is both has already happened and will happen. Is right. happening, mm-hmm. will happen. Mm-hmm. And we have, don't you worry, everyone. There's a little a little moment on the concept of the already and the not yet in the <laughs> study book that you'll run across later this week. But that concept, if you're not familiar, is that we, as believers in Jesus, find ourselves in the tension of a kingdom of God where life, death, and resurrection has guaranteed, has already Mm -hmm. secured the victory. But also, it's what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. Kelly, that we are still in a battle. Mm -hmm. There is an unpopular, because it's now kind of in a weird context, but it's a theological term that you probably are familiar with, like that we are either, you know, a part of the church triumphant or the church militant. Like the church militant mm-hmm. is a phrase where you're like, whoa, 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 let's maybe not call the, the church word militant. militant. <laughs> but the reason that that theological term or phrase exists is because we are either in glory, you know, like we are either at rest and with Jesus, or we are, if we are alive, we are engaged in the battle. Mm-hmm. Like Paul's going, if you have breath in your lungs, you are in this battle too. And that's mm-hmm. what he, like, that's what church militant means. So as we're reading, you know, the armor of God, he's going, the battle, this militant posture is not against people, mm-hmm. it's against the evil forces. And that's yes. where you can go, like, no, that phrase actually, I like that. Yes, which reminds me of one of the 
things the scriptures does say about the enemy, which that he's blinded the hearts of the unbelieving. And that yeah. makes so much sense of this passage in Romans that's here, Romans 10, that when Paul sees us as the church militant, right, his call is, how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they're sent? And then he you know, talks about the beautiful feet of those who bring good news, very similar yes. to our shod feet <laughs> that's uh, right. with the gospel of peace. But that our militant, our staying in the battle is not against those who we perceive to be the enemy, enemies of the gospel, even though they might be underneath Satan's power and influence and be antagonistic toward the gospel. That person or people or group is not actually the enemy. We actually have the antidote for them. We have the gospel. Our battle is actually to go toward those people. How will they hear without a preacher? Uh, we get yeah. to bring the good news right behind enemy lines of those whose hearts he has blinded to bring this good news that the light of Christ might shine into their hearts. Man, I love that. And again, we are talking about spiritual battle yes. right now. Yes. Like yes. we are talking yes. about spiritual warfare. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. We are not, we could have a completely different conversation about, well, does this just pick up and lay down on top of, you know, over a current geopolitical situation? No, that's not what we're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. to be perfectly crystal clear, mm-hmm. yeah. this is spiritual warfare that we're yeah. oh, talking man. about. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I'm so, you're just the girl for this conversation. I'm so grateful. Like, I love what you're like, lights are firing in my brain. I'm grateful. So we are going on, let's go on to day nine, the shield of faith. Mm-hmm. And so that is from verse 16 in Ephesians 6. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how is our faith a shield? Yeah, I love this first John passage. Kel, would, Kel, I just called you Kel. I mean, we've we've been you can friends. Call me Kel. We've yeah. been friends twenty five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Kel, would you be willing to read First John five one through four for us? Yeah, I would love to. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey His commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep His commands, and His commands are not a burden, because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Our faith. There's that faith again. Our faith is the victory that has conquered Mm -hmm. the world. Faith in? Not myself, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Right. Well, one of the things with faith that, and thinking about the shield of faith that has helped me so much is to remember that faith is about what object am I placing my faith on and not about how much of it I have. Because it's always been tempting for me to read this and read passages about our faith and go, I've really got to work hard to muster up some faith, you know? I need more. Whatever that means. I need more of it. And instead to think, it's like, to me, it's like time. I have 24 hours. How am I going to use them? I only have so much faith. Am I going to put all of it in the Lord and like 30% of it or none of it with me? Or am I going to, is 70% of my faith in the Lord? It's less about mustering up faith and more about I'm leaning on something. I'm trusting in something. And who am I trusting in? And that these passages have become freeing to me to think, oh, when I look to God to be the thing that I'm dependent on to put out those fiery arrows, the thing that I'm dependent on for my conquering, that's faith. Yeah, It's less about mustering up something and more about (laughs) taking my feet off of what I'm trusting, which is usually me, Mm. and going, no, Lord, I can do nothing. It's you. And I'm again and again and again 
going to look to you, which is usually many, many times a day, but to think that looking to God and our dependency, that faith, that's what conquers the world. It's so anti-American. <laughs> let me stop depending on myself mm-hmm. and depend fully on another, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. that will give me victory. That's uh-huh. what will conquer the world. And another thing that's very like anti this individualism that we can so easily get trapped in, this note that we have at the summary statement at the beginning of the day says that the Roman soldiers would often lock their shields together to defend themselves against their enemies as a unit, which I can like, I can think of movies where I've seen something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. But so it's really interesting to me that, you know, that our victory is, is our faith, that our faith protects us and shields us, but it's also the thing that we use to link our, you know, yeah. that we lock that like my faith and your faith can lock together and we become a unit. I mean, it's the body of Christ. It's the church, mm-hmm. capital C church, you know, and then our, our brothers and sisters who are weighing so heavily on our hearts, this morning mm-hmm. across the globe that that we are in a very real sense yes. that is a mystery to us. Yes. Our role, even though we can't reach them with our hands and, mm-hmm. and, and fight alongside them, we, in a very real sense, lock our shields with them, yes. lock our faith with them, and we and we fight with them in prayer mm-hmm. and in, in the other ways that we can. Mm-hmm. But um, so that image of unity is really... That's just really powerful to me. Even like mm-hmm. faith in, like I love what you're saying, because like prayer we're going to get to sort of as like That's the right. concluding yeah. matter of the armor mm-hmm. of God. But I think back again, Amanda, to I think it's Revelation 19 from last week. Mm-hmm. Like if our faith is our shield, like our faith in what? And like it's our faith in, you know, the truth, the, thing, the things that we know, yeah. the gospel, our faith in Jesus. Right. And so like our faith in the knowing that God has told us that the enemy will be thrown down. That's right. And, and like, and so just knowing that we don't know what will happen today or tomorrow, but that we have faith in what will happen Mm -hmm. for all time Mm -hmm. is one thing we can lock arms and lock shields on. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The fiery arrows note is interesting too, because that was also a real, that's a real thing, a way that they would fight. And so Mm -hmm. you think about like the way that it says that the, the shield was, Made from wood and covered in linen or leather. And it's the way that they constructed the shields was to quench the fire that would be on the dart. Oh, really? Right? And so okay, like cool. that would, our team who's so kind to give us information that um, <laughs> that they found instead of that we found, that the darts were made with like this fabric that was like dipped in pitch and then set on fire so that the shield then would need to be covered in leather so that it would quench the fire. Okay, yeah. Anyway, and you think about the things that, are alluded to as darts and fires in scripture. Like I think of James where the tongue Mm -hmm. can set a forest aflame. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. of words that come toward me and are either meant or inadvertently are going to injure me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, faith is a shield. Mm -hmm. Like this could really just keep going and going is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But you're right, man, Kelly, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while, about not amping up our faith by like, I can do it. (laughs) I can have more faith. Well, And also like what you said about like, kind of like, we all have faith in something. And Mm -hmm. like, that's like, Kelly, you were saying like, well, I'm going to put 70% of my faith in God, but also (laughs) in, you know, my IRA or my very like safety focused car or like, I don't know, like whatever things we find our safety in or to put our Mm -hmm. faith in the Lord. Keeping my children at home forever. Yeah. They can never leave. I was going to say, this is one 
place in this whole passage where you really see the offensive of the enemy and it's talking about flaming arrows from the evil one that are clearly headed for us. Yeah. And that has been helpful for me to remember to not that I shouldn't be surprised <laughs> when I feel attacked. Uh, whether that's, you know, I, I think of the very first arrow that the enemy threw at mankind. Did God really say, you know? Mm-hmm. Read that um, last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether it's doubt about his word or whether it's man, how could you talk about the word on a podcast when you know the pride in your heart and you know that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's those accusations that I shouldn't be surprised. The word has told me there's a war going on and there will be arrows shot at me. And if I know that, I don't need to take ammunition coming at me as a sign of my own failure or that something's wrong. Um, It makes me think of what Paul tells Timothy that all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. So don't be surprised. This is, comes with the territory. Uh, you're in a spiritual battle. There's going to be arrows thrown at you. But there's, a, there's an answer for that. And it's, it's not me. It's I have a great God who has already conquered the world, like that First John passage says. Mm-hmm. And I get to put my hope in Him against all these accusations and all these doubts. I look to Him on my behalf and others, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, across mm-hmm. the world. But that... It's happening. It's going to happen. So don't yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just make yes. sure that shield is on your arm. Mm-hmm. Be ready. It's coming. You yeah. know, if I knew fiery arrows were coming at me every day, I walked out of my house, then you better believe that I'm bringing my shield with me. You would have on but the full armor of God. We'd have full armor. But I think a lot of Christians wake up and we expect our life to be like we're on vacation out on the beach, you know? Yeah. Um, we're not really walking with some sense that there's a real spiritual batter for our souls and others. And therefore, we're not prepared when it happens. I want to know how far the metaphor goes. <laughs> this is Which one? The shield of faith. Like, I want to know, are we able to use the shield of faith only to protect ourselves? Or can it be used to protect other people? Like, can it be used mm. to protect our children? And I think that the answer is maybe no, I'm not sure, because I know that our faith is so personal. And so that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to impart our faith to others. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I this is well, they shouldn't let me just process live on a on a podcast. But maybe I'm just someone listening knows. But this is the question that comes to mind. And like yeah. that's the thing. When we read the Bible, we have more questions than answers a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So like that's I'm right. it's good to write questions like that and ask uh-huh. and like have yes. conversations with your friends and go, I actually don't know, but I'm curious. Uh-huh. I totally agree. Read the Bible with questions. And even your question right now made me think of the story of the paralytic and the four men who carry him to Christ. And Jesus looks at him and says, because of their faith, he looks at the friend's faith for the friend and says, because of your faith, his sins are forgiven. And so I take so much hope in that, that Jesus looked at someone else's faith that that man could be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did save them on the basis of someone else's faith. So I'm just yeah. going to say, I don't know, based on that, I'm going I'm to yeah. go with, why, That's a girl why who not? Knows her Bible. <laughs> That's a girl who knows her Bible. I yeah. mean, we read last week about Job and like the, the marker of his integrity was that he interceded for his children. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. when you ask that question and then hearing you tell that story, I just feel a whisper in my heart that like, yeah, Amanda, that was your mom. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I just, I can just like see like my sweet mama in her, you know, chair in the mornings with her Bible open, praying for her family and quenching the fiery 
darts of the enemy yeah. that were coming mm-hmm. at us. Yeah. I believe that. I want to do that. I want to do that. The intercession is real. Yeah. And I think that my conclusion is perhaps we can use the shield of faith to protect others. I think mm-hmm. God is that big. Yeah. All right. Well, good night and goodbye. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about the helmet. Talk oh, yeah. about the helmet. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just feel like, <laughs> I it feels like I every day that we turn to is just like, it's a whole week. It's true. But turning to day 10 in the helmet of salvation, it's just that little, it's like, you know, five little words. Take the helmet of salvation. Mm. Take it. Take it. Take the helmet I would assume it also implies put it on. Yeah. That's what take means. Take would, it upon your head. Shod your head. I would think. So something interesting here is that, you know, is it the actual like salvation of like that we are saved? Is that what we're taking? Or there's some indication that it perhaps is like a confidence in our salvation. Hmm. First Thessalonians has a moment where it talks about the helmet of the hope of salvation okay. um, mm-hmm. when it's probably parallel that like taking the helmet of salvation could be kind of what you've said, like Kelly, like it, it's less about because he's talking to believers. It these feels are a little people, already and not yet. Right. Like these are people who have, who have saving faith in Christ. Yes. Right. Yes. And so to tell them to take their salvation is a like, okay, we have a renewed confidence. Mm-hmm. It's a remembering who Jesus is and what our salvation is that we already, mm-hmm. it is already ours. Mm-hmm. And we don't get a moment in this verse that says, take the helmet of salvation and it will do this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we all know we're moms here, the three of us. Helmets mm-hmm. matter, and yeah. they're important, yes. you know? And, like, it also makes me think about the spiritual battle that happens in ourselves, yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. our minds, you know, that, like... I do think it has to do with our minds. And our thoughts, yeah. and to place that under the authority of, like, my confidence in, yeah. in my salvation. I will say that, I mean... Some of y'all know, like, you know, last fall I was in and out of the hospital and just really sick for a long time. And one of the things that astounded me was that the most comforting thoughts came around the comfort of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, I would just listen to hymns and those kind of things or read scripture. And the things that made me feel the most peace in my mind were to rest in the salvation that was bought for me. Mm-hmm. And which is not what I would have anticipated. Well, you know, someday when you're really sick, this is what will comfort you. It surprised me. But I think that mm-hmm. for a good reason, I think it's just really true, like you were saying, Amanda, mm-hmm. that like a helmet protects our mind mm-hmm. and puts our mm-hmm. mind at peace. And so whether it is the salvation that we have mm-hmm. or the salvation that has been bought for us, it's the already not yet, maybe slightly even mm-hmm. semantics, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Well, it makes so much sense to me that he would say to put on this helmet of salvation to saved people because the thing, my experience in salvation has been as soon as I'm now saved, the spirit is in me. And I did know I was a sinner before I was saved. That's what led me to him. But now the Holy Spirit is in me. And I'm so much more aware of my sin, and it only grows, Mm -hmm. right? So the longer you walk with Him in salvation, almost the more aware I am of how bad I was and am and in need. And so you tend to doubt, Mm -hmm. man, I I knew I was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad on the inside, because the Spirit is kind of pulling those things up to sanctify you and continue you in your salvation. But I have needed the reminders more that... I am His. Mm -hmm. He bought me with His blood. He knew I was this messed up. 
from day one <laughs> and I'm already purchased. And just because I'm now finding out about these habits in, in my heart and in my mind doesn't mean he didn't know. And so it's like putting that helmet on again. It's like, no, he saved me. Yes. His work and not mine. And right. I will be confident in that even in new discoveries and new depths of my struggle with sin. Um, that's right. I have needed it more after the fact. At least that's my experience. So like, yeah, remind me again, Lord, Yeah, oh, yeah. that you have saved me by your blood and by your righteousness. I yeah. need it. It does keep my mind from the gutter of discouragement and despair that puts me out of the battle. Yeah. I mean, Psalm 140, verses 6 and 7, I say mm-hmm. to the Lord, you are my God. Mm-hmm. Listen, Lord, to my cry for help. Lord, my Lord, my strong Savior, <laughs> you shield my head on the day of battle. Mm-hmm. There's something, that image of that covering, like you shield my head on the day of battle. Like yeah. you think about if you're with your children and something happens around you, what do you do? You, you know, cover you, them. you yeah. cover you cover them. That's mm-hmm. right. Or if yeah, if you're in the middle of something and you like hold your hold your hands over your head, mm-hmm. um, there's something It's our instinct to protect, protect our heads. It, yeah. 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 I think it's like mm-hmm. an actual physical inborn instinct. So we mentioned mm-hmm. last week that the armor of God is actually something that is alluded to through Scripture, that this is God's armor. We get to wear it. We put it on, mm-hmm. right? Um, like we're wearing our dad's <laughs> armor. But, um, Her dad, but classic. That's right. But this yeah. is his. And in through Scripture, we see moments mm-hmm. where the Lord is wearing armor. And We've got one of those moments in Isaiah 59, Mm. and I want to read 17, but I'm actually going to back it up to 15 because it's such a moment. Truth is missing, and whoever turns from evil is plundered. The Lord saw there was no justice, and he was offended. He saw that there was no man. He was amazed that there was no one interceding. Mm. So his own arm brought salvation, and his own righteousness supported him. Mm. He put on righteousness as body armor and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and he wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak." I mean, and that's Isaiah. That's in Isaiah. This is the righteousness and justice Mm. that is God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love knowing that the armor of God is not just new to Ephesians. I think that was something new to me not very long ago, reading some of those cross references and being like, wait a minute. Right. This is old school, not new school. This is not post the cross. This is language God used to talk about himself mm-hmm. even before you know Jesus had come to Bethlehem. So that I think is really, I don't know, it does change the imagery of this whole passage. Just like you said, mm-hmm. it's not our armor. It is armor that has been first worn by Christ and given to us. I mean, it even rings of that Colossians passage where we have died and our life is hidden with Christ in God that we really are hidden in him. And this armor is a way that we physically get to practice that. Yeah. I was thinking back to that conversation we had about 10, 15 minutes ago about the church militant and how important it is to distinguish that our battle is not against people. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk and turn the page to day 11 and talk about the sword of the Spirit and using truth as a sword, this is a place where the church militant has a very important role to use truth like Jesus did. 
to use Mm. God's word to fight the devil and not Mm. man. Not each other. And not each other. And I think like as I read this today, as I read day 11, the verse from verse 17 of Ephesians 6 says, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it's very clear. There's no guess about what the sword of the spirit is. It's very clear. But this is where as believers, we remind ourselves and each other. The first part of that passage that says, mm-hmm. this is a battle against principalities, mm-hmm. against the evil one. And I think that we actually get to see that later in this day in Matthew chapter 4. It's this description of the temptation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll just read. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And this account is in, I think, all four. I checked this morning. There, It's in all four Gospels. This is significant to be tempted by the devil. And after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written. I love those three words because Jesus Mm -hmm. is the Word. He knows the Word Mm -hmm. and he uses the Word as his defense, right? And so he says, Mm -hmm. Man must not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is the defense that Mm -hmm. our Savior used Mm -hmm. against the evil one. I mean, listen, I think about our friend Ellie Holcomb. She Mm -hmm. first, a while back, wrote a song called Fighting Words. Mm -hmm. But even before that, she just was walking in relationship with a friend who was believing the enemy's lies. And she said, all right, we're going to make a list of our fighting words. And like they picked out Mm -hmm. scriptures. And so these are our fighting words. We're going to fight the enemy. We're going to fight the liar with what is true, with the sword of the Spirit. It went from that to a song and then sort of recently released, I think, also a Bible study. Yeah, a devotional. Book, a devotional book. Called Fighting Words. Mm-hmm. Called Fighting Words. But I just love that language that only Ellie would use. Let's call the scriptures fighting words. I think that she would say fighting words. Fighting words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no G. And we tend to think of fighting words, right, as in fighting each other. And we right. see so much of the Word of God used as a tactic to fight one another when yeah. really it's given to us as a sword in the spiritual battle. And it's really convicting to me to think about how often am I bringing up the Word of God in my temptation versus how often am I bringing it up when I encounter someone who believes differently than me? <laughs> you know, because when someone yeah. is believing differently than me, I'm like, hold on, let me prove to you that I know the scripture better than you and right. let me tell you how I'm right. You know, that's this, yeah. I feel so eager to do that. But then when I'm stressed and I would rather go to my pantry than to the Lord <laughs> to heal Not my stress Kelly. and that temptation <laughs> <laughs> is strong. Well, Jesus, hey, he's talking about bread there. So maybe think of that. But I do mm-hmm. think, man, that is the moment of the spiritual battle for me. Yes. More than when my friend and I are disagreeing, it is I am tempted to go to a different Savior today in my Mm -hmm. day than Christ. That is a strong temptation. I'm called to put on the shield of faith or the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, and take up that sword and be like, no, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And Jesus said, cast all your anxieties on me, not on Mm -hmm. my pantry. And I need to go... To him, but that or on my social media or on my yeah, it's true. Any of the dumb things that we think or what we can put our faith in or find our comfort in or anything. Am I going to write scripture on a post it and put it on my pantry door when I get home? Yep, possibly so. Yeah, probably going to do that. It's in my pantry because this is a real struggle for me. Oh yes, (laughs) because it's such a common temptation for me. Maybe it's because I'm Uh working from home a lot. Yeah, and the anxiousness of whether it's I'm working on a new Mm -hmm. writing project or whether it's a a thing that I've got to prepare for or something related to parenting, right? The stress of that 
it just feels like an easy fix, right? Either mm-hmm. the phone or the pantry. I'm going to go there. And mm-hmm. the Lord is mm-hmm. like, you know, you come to me. It's probably the most consistent battle that I see yeah. daily. Any one of us would be quick to also say, out of care for y'all listening, that this is not about body image. This is about heart mm-hmm. posture. This right. is about where we're That's going right. when we need comfort. 100%. Where, it feels important to say that because yeah. I know that y'all listening agree, but I want y'all to know that and hear us say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, circling back to what you said earlier, Rachel, that our battle is not against one another. It's against the enemy of God, meaning the capital E enemy of God uh, in the darkness that he is in command of, <laughs> right? And Hebrews 4.12 you know, we mm. use this, we use this passage a lot as an encouragement about God's word. And it is that. I think it also should serve as a warning about, we talked earlier about handling the word of truth rightly. And I think that this should also be a challenge to us to do that. But Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, the word, God's word, the living word, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I don't take my sword and use it to judge you. I'm poking at She's, Rachel with I'm my have finger right now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it is a weapon yep. that only has one object, and that is the enemy. Yes, yes. I think, is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Yes. I'm kind of working it out in my head as I, I say it. It is not to it's be It's really used. kind of them to let us process things live. Here we <laughs> Join go. us, everyone. Yeah. Join us. <laughs> but this is what we do with Scripture, right? Yeah, 100%. We, we dig in and we ask questions, and we don't know all the things, so we want to learn. And we help each mm-hmm. other arrive at, That's right. at whatever is actually correct. <laughs> Well, it is given in this passage as the one offensive weapon against the rulers and authorities and cosmic powers of darkness and evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So there's definitely a clear aim there that it is. Yeah. Well, that does bring us to the actual last reading day of the plan. And I love it so much because it's Pray at All Times is the name of Friday's reading day, day 12. And it covers a few verses this time Mm -hmm. in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery, there it is, of the gospel. (laughs) For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Listen to that language in verse 18. All times with every prayer and request, Mm -hmm. stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. So Mm -hmm. prayer... In summary, prayer is a very big deal. Prayer matters a whole lot. It mm-hmm. should be the action item yeah. of all of these yeah, it doesn't, moments. It doesn't need its own piece of armor. It's just like, but pray, but intercede. Mm-hmm. In, in and among all of these things, it is the prayer that is a part of the battle. And sometimes that involves the Word of God. Or Anyway. It makes me wonder if the main activity of battle that Paul has in mind for us in that spiritual battle is prayer that he I think has so. us put on yeah. all the armor and then comes right. again then gives the command. Well, he has given us the command to stand firm and to stand, 
but then pray. That's the battle, I think, in some key way. Pray at all times, which he uses battle language around prayer, I think, with all perseverance and staying alert. I don't know how often we think of prayer as requiring perseverance or alertness. Maybe we find it to be, and it is at times, right, a comfy, cozy place to land with God and, and process with mm-hmm. him. But I, I have also experienced times of prayer that have felt more like this. Like I'm persevering in prayer in yeah. something difficult and I'm fighting through prayer to stay alert to things that I, I feel tempted by in my life. It's battle language given around prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it's the war room, right? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, it's, that's right. it's yeah. that image of, you know, in Matthew 6, when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we get, you know, Jesus is gracious to give us even instructions on how to pray, which you all will read and you've, I'm sure, have read before. And we have the Psalms where, you yeah. know, talk about battles. Like mm-hmm. we have moments where David is running for his actual life and he's praying to the Lord. Well, um, I mean, how often did Jesus draw his sword in the shape of a psalm? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, when so many of Jesus' quoted words are scripture and so many of those are psalms. In the Old Testament, I mean, we'll read in this day from Daniel 9, where verse 19 says, Lord, hear, Lord, forgive, Lord, listen and act. I mean, these are prayers. We're speaking to the Lord, right? My God, for your own sake, there that is again, Mm -hmm. for your name, your renown, for your own sake, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. And so this is, you know, Daniel's crying out to the Lord. And I do think it's fair to say, and you kind of said this in so many words before, but that, Kelly, that prayer, we put on the armor, but prayer is our best resource, our best tool for the fight. Mm. Prayer is the common denominator, right? It's the thing that equips us. So we can't, all the amazing verses that we just read through, Mm -hmm. we can't do that without prayer. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. And prayer is something we can do wherever we're at, and Mm -hmm. we can join battles all over the world through it. Just as Paul ends this passage with saying, pray for me, he asks for the people he's writing to to enter the battle on his behalf. And so it really becomes such a great then. It's always available to us to enter into that battle for ourselves or for others from wherever we're at right now. Mm -hmm. That's such a good reminder. I'm wondering if as we conclude today. I mean, what an incredible conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us. I kind of, I know that it's from last week, but I'm still kind of stuck on that First Peter chapter 5 passage from day three. Kelly, would you read that for us? It feels like a really sweet way, not just to end today, but to end this series. Hmm. Yeah, I'd love to. First Peter 5 verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on Him because He cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To Him be dominion forever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kelly. Amen. Thank you for being a a safe place to open Scripture and ask questions. (laughs) And for teaching us. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, I feel like you're a fantastic guest. Thank you. 
We will be back next week starting a new series, First and Second Timothy. We don't have any big feelings about these books at all, do we, Rachel? <laughs> Just tiny bits of feelings. But until next week, Kelly, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.